When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. I did not know this. You do learn something new every day. So, as far as I know, everyone knows that you can put an open box of baking soda in your refrigerator to soak up smells, right? That's what the baking soda box is for. And it, you have to replace it every so often. And I don't know the time frame. You just kind of put it in there. I'm sure. I'm sure I probably... Don't replace it soon enough, but they do get replaced. But I didn't know this. According to this story that I read this morning, uh, people are using rolls of toilet paper to absorb smells in your refrigerator. I did not know people. I didn't know you could do that, first of all. (laughs) I don't know that I want a roll of toilet paper in my refrigerator, but apparently it works. So you have to replace the roll about every three weeks. And uh, you should also only put the roll in your fridge straight from the packaging. Wait, what? And not put it near your toilet. Oh, no, really. Can I use it after I pull it out of the fridge in a bathroom? Stop it. Okay. So (laughs) uh, apparently you can use a roll of toilet paper straight from the packaging in your refrigerator. Replace it every three weeks to absorb the smells in your refrigerator. Forget about that baking soda hack. Okay, don't do the baking soda hack. I'm I'm still going to use the baking soda hack. I don't want a roll of toilet paper in my refrigerator. I don't know. I don't know that it actually works. Apparently it does, but I don't want the roll of toilet paper in my refrigerator. Now, apparently you can use activated charcoal and vanilla extract, soak a cotton ball in vanilla and place it in the refrigerator. Uh, okay, uh, is that going to make it smell like a bakery? Uh, maybe. Uh, and uh, I guess some refrigerators today also have the ultraviolet light filters to handle the odors. And so then there's another hack that I was reading about this morning that talked about crumpled newspaper and crushed charcoal. And you have to replace the newspaper every day for about a week. Um, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that once a week. I barely can remember to change out the baking soda box. And I don't have a timer on that. It's just kind of like, Oh yeah, it's probably time to change it out and we change it out. So anyway, if you want to try something new and you're tired of that old baking soda hack of getting rid of uh, odors in your refrigerator, just stick a roll of toilet paper in your refrigerator. <laughs> I am, if you want to do that, you go right ahead. But I can guarantee there will not be a roll of toilet paper in my refrigerator. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. All right, a couple of recalls to worry about. Uh, IKEA is uh, recalling more than 25,000 mirrors sold in the U.S. and Canada because uh, they could fall and break, potentially harming consumers. <laughs> Can't they all potentially fall and break? I, the IKEA Litan mirrors, about 14,600 sold in the U.S. and 10,500 sold in Canada, have plastic fittings that attach the mirror to the wall and those can break, causing the mirror 
to fall, posing a laceration hazard to consumers. Yeah, you don't want to get hit by that. So about 22,400 of the mirrors were previously recalled in March of 2023. That's right, I remember that. So now they've received more than 65 reports globally about mirrors, including 56 in the previous recall. No injuries have been reported yet. So they said, hey, we're going to recall these. And people started going, and mine broke too. It fell down. It just missed me. So uh, the recalled mirrors uh, were sold uh, in stores and online between December of 2019 and June of 2023 for about $29.99 to $55.99. Okay. They are immediately being recalled out of an abundance of caution. Uh, You can contact Ikea and order replacement wall fittings free of charge. So be careful out there. They involve all sizes of the Letan, L-E-T-T-A-N flat mirrors, which are frameless, about uh, 38 inches high and were sold in widths of 23, 31, 39, and 47 inches. So if you have those, uh, now's the time to either replace the old wall hangers or the entire mirror itself. But don't walk by it because it just might fall. Then we have children's nightgowns. I know it's not girls' nightgowns anymore. It's children's nightgowns. Okay. The children's uh, nightgowns fail to meet the flammability standards for children's sleepwear, posing a risk of burn injuries to children. Do they just automatically go up and burn? Oh, no, 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 they don't. They just, if they were to get close to a fire, they would burn up. So you can, uh, you know, if you purchased uh, the nightgowns for girls. Oh, this does say, uh, the story is talking about children's nightgowns, but underneath the nightgowns themselves, they say recalled nightgowns for girls. Long, how dare they? Long vintage soft cotton sleepwear, full length night dress. So they sold about 13,300 of them. The uh, I moons small I M O O N Z Z Z. This is almost like uh, their miniature Moomoo's by Jeffy. They're made in China, and uh, the fiber content and the washing instructions are printed on the sew-in side seam label. So they are. Uh, they don't meet the flammability standards of children's sleepwear. So be sure to get a refund and turn those back in if you purchase those for one of your children, whether it be a little girl or a little boy. Interesting story out of Washington, D.C. Apparently, there's been a rash of cars being stolen and broken into. Huh. In Washington, D.C. Go figure. Well, somebody tried to steal a Secret Service car, and uh, they did not get away with it. It doesn't sound like they knew it was a Secret Service car. The original story was it was an unmarked Secret Service car. Do Secret Service drive around in marked cars? Are there actual Secret Service cars driving around Washington, D.C.? I highly doubt that, but uh, they, it was, an, uh, it was uh, an unmarked Secret Service vehicle. It was the vehicle that is used to protect the granddaughter of President Joe Biden. Uh, she is the daughter of Hunter. Amazing. She has Secret Service protection. Isn't that interesting? Anyway, uh, so three people were trying to break into the car. Secret Service says one of their uh, officers fired at the crowd. I don't know if he fired up in the air or if he actually missed uh, what he was firing to hit someone and missed or fired to just warn them away. Doesn't say it says that no one was injured. So we shall see. Uh, sounds really like they didn't know the thieves didn't know it was a Secret Service car. And in particular, a Secret Service car that was assigned to, uh, you know, be there for the president's granddaughter. Because, you know, even 
the dumbest criminals you would think would leave that vehicle alone. But in today's world, hey, this is what you get. This is what you've created. So this is what you get. I'm glad no one was harmed. They said the uh, perpetrators got in a red car and drove away. So they haven't even caught them yet. And uh, <laughs> will they actually go after someone for attempting to break into a vehicle? Um because it was a Secret Service vehicle and it was assigned to the president's granddaughter? Or will it be just like any other potential crime in Washington, D.C., where we just look the other way? We shall see. I wonder, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure we're not going to look the other way. Could be wrong, though. One thing I'm not wrong about, Quinn Pittman's goat soap that's right old school hand poured made from scratch old school means the soap cleans while moisturizing in a way most commercial bars simply don't and that's by design by the way uh, raw goat milk makes uh, the soap special creamy soft with a rich sudsy lather all the essential proteins and nutrients are preserved in goat milk soap and it's delivered in a finished bar of real soap that design by a uh, store-bought soap that I talked about where, uh, you know, it gets you clean, but while doing so, it also is drying out your skin. That way you have to buy their other products like lotions and all the other stuff from their company. Huh. Amazing how that worked. Uh, soap doesn't do that when it's made the right way with goat's milk. That's what Quinn Pittman discovered when he first started learning about soap and he's been making it the right way ever since. So if you want your skin to be clean, but also retain its moisture, you need goat soap and you'll want Quinn's goat soap. Okay. Go to qpgoatsoap.com. Use the offer code Jeffy. It'll get you 10% off your total order. qpgoatsoap.com. Offer code Jeffy, J-E-F-F-Y, will get you 10% off your total order. I am, uh, you know, we could talk about Quinn and his entrepreneurial spirit, but uh, really what he's making is a tremendous product, and that's uh, Quinn Pittman's goat soap. So go to qpgoatsoap.com, use the offer code Jeffy, get your 10% off uh, with your total order, qpgoatsoap.com. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. So I think on Friday we talked about the Marvel's movie opening up and they were hoping to get, uh, you know, I don't know, 75, 80 million. And, uh, well, they got 110 million globally. But here in the U.S., uh, they got a measly 47 million. Ooh, that is uh, not good. So uh, not doing too well for the old new Marvel's movie. I mean, they got 110 million global, which, you know, it's pretty good, but uh, forty. They expected a lot more than forty-seven million uh, domestically, and they did not get it. So, good luck, God bless to the Marvels movie. I see where the uh, new Grammy nominations are out. The sixty-seventh Grammy nominations are out, and SZA, uh, S Z A, SZA uh, has uh, the leading nominee with nine other key nominees include Taylor Swift, Olivia Rodrigo, Boy Genius, Miley Cyrus, John Batiste, Victoria Monet, Billie Eilish, all of whom will be competing against SZA for record of the year. Now, uh, is there an, is there a category that Taylor Swift will, won't win? I don't know. I was looking at, <laughs> well, the one she's not uh, nominated for, she won't win those. But uh, she's going to have a battle with uh, SZA, uh, like record of the year. 
Uh, you know, those are all the ones that are fighting for record of the year, the ones that I mentioned. Album of the year, same group of people. Um, uh, so we'll see. I mean, Taylor Swift has got a... She's she's the queen now, right? She's the queen. So maybe SZA is the new queen, but she can't take away from uh, Taylor. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing who actually wins all these artists. Best new artists, Gracie Abrams, uh, Fred Again, Ice Spice, Jelly Roll, Coco Jones, Noah Kahn, uh, K-A-H-A-N, and Victoria Amone. So we'll see. Uh, oh, and War and Treaty. So why did they put that way down there on their best new artist? Producer of the year. Yeah, songwriter of the year. Taylor's not in those. She won't win those. Best pop solo performance. Flowers, Miley Cyrus. Uh, Paint the Town Red by Doja Cat. What Was I Made For from Barbie, Billie Eilish. Vampire from Olivia Rodrigo. And anti-hero, Taylor Swift. Miley might win that. I like the Flowers uh, solo performance from Miley. But who knows? Uh, we'll see. Uh, Ziza is not uh, it's not nominated for Best Pop Solo. She's not a pop artist. That's probably why. Uh, thousands of Miles. Oh, Miley Cyrus. This is Best Pop Duo Group Performance. Thousands of Miles. Miley Cyrus featuring Brandi Carlisle. Candy Necklace. Lana Del Rey featuring John Patisse. Never Felt So Alone. Labyrinth featuring Billie Eilish. Uh, Karma. Taylor Swift featuring Ice Spice. And Ghost in the Machine. SZA featuring Phoebe Bridgers. She might win that. Uh, kind of give a SZA the Best Pop Duo Group Performance. <laughs> <laughs> Cesar is a new superstar, so we'll see. You can quote me on that. Cesar, S-Z-A, Cesar is uh, the new superstar. Best rock performance, Arctic Monkeys, Sculptures of Anything Goes, Black Pumas, More Than a Love Song, Boy Genius, Not Strong Enough, Foo Fighters, Rescued, and Metallica. I look at So I might, I might go to Metallica, although Metallica is best metal performance too, so they'll win one of those uh, either best metal performance or best rock performance and probably throw them a metal Grammy and say, here you go. Get out of here. Uh, best rock song, best rock song, boy genius, not strong enough. Foo fighters rescued Olivia Rodrigo, Rodrigo ballad of a homeschooled girl Queens of the Olivia Rodrigo for best rock song Queens of the stone age, emotion, sickness and the rolling stones get nominated for angry they might throw that in i give the stones a grammy just to have them uh part of the new the new show that'd be kind of cool um best r&b performance chris brown summer too hot back to love from robert glasper featuring sir and alex isley oh man that might be good uh, i see you coco jones how does it make you feel victoria monet and kill bill Cesar. So I'd like to hear, I haven't heard the uh, Back to Love with Robert Glasper and uh, featuring uh, uh, Sir and Alex Isley. That would be, uh, that'd be that might be good. Uh, best R&B album, Babyface, Girls Night Out, Coco Jones, What I Didn't Tell You. Uh, that's the deluxe version. Uh, Emily King, Special Occasion. Uh, Jaguar 2, Victoria Mona, Clear 2, Soft Life EP by Summer Walker. Okay, well, good luck. Thanks, we got nominated. Live with that. So uh, congratulations to all the nominees. Uh, for uh, for their new Grammys, best progressive R and B album, best R and B R. Uh, oh yeah, best R and B song. Coco Jones, I see you. Hallie Angel, Robert Glasper. Oh, that's back to love again. With uh, I got to hear that. Uh, Cesar, snooze. Victoria Monet, I'm my mama. 
uh then best progressive r&b album uh slack since i have a lover and that's six lack uh diddy the love album off the ground off the grid terrence martin james flatterhood nova janelle i'm on the age of pleasure and sisa sos so congratulations to all the people who were nominated for a grammy and the list goes on and on it could be you know taylor swift they might as well just give her an award hey the best artist uh for on tour that made the most money ever and we're all just living in her shadow and then we'll give it the now grammys to the other the other nominees for producing uh, content that was still good but not up to t swift <laughs> oh it's just a you know it's a taylor swift world now and we're all just living in it aren't we yeah you know i'm right sad i didn't say i agreed with it but it's just the way it is okay speaking of the grammys and uh the way everybody's going to be all dressed up for the 2024 grammy awards i also found out over the weekend that there's such a thing as lab grown diamond jewelry did you know that lab grown diamond jewelry okay there's a brand it was a for it was an ad in some email story that i was reading and i thought lab grown diamonds yeah and there's this brand that uses 100 renewable wind energy to create the stunning lab grown diamonds so you can feel extra good about adding their studs drop earrings tennis bracelets adjustable pendants and loose stones to your cart oh great so it's light box jewelry Lightbox Jewelry was who the ad was for. But it's amazing. Lab-grown diamonds. It's, I, I, I never heard it. I never heard about it. So lab-grown diamonds are diamonds that were grown by scientists in a lab. They share the same chemical makeup as natural diamonds and are optically identical. The biggest differences between the natural and lab-created diamonds on how, is how they're made and how rare they are. Oh my gosh. Laboratory-grown diamonds share an identical chemical makeup to natural diamonds, both consisting of pure carbon. This is their website, by the way. Uh, the difference between lab-grown diamonds and natural diamonds are how they're formed. Yeah, we covered that already. Natural diamonds form below the surface of the earth over millions of years. And uh, some people would question that it's over millions of years, but okay, if you say that. Uh, whereas lab-grown diamonds can be created in a lab over a period of few weeks. Lightbox diamonds are grown to match the chemical properties of a natural diamond, and the finished stone is optically identical. You can find more details on how they're made below. Okay, let's go. Uh, they're becoming more popular alternative, are they? Or are you just hoping that they are because you got a product to sell? But anyway, this is their this is their website, Light Lightbox Lab Grown Diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing they show their factory on how they're how they make their lab grown diamonds i it's fascinating i would love to tour their factory to see how you know see them made it would be awesome uh, there's a few methods used to create lab grown diamonds typically uh lab grown diamonds start with a tiny lab diamond like a seed the seeds are placed in a chamber called the plasma reactor love those plasma reactors in the case of cvd synthesis for or a large mechanical press uh, if manufactured by hpht then depending on the technology used some combination of heat pressure and a carbon source are used to make the crystals grow layer by layer so cvd stands for chemical vapor disposition hpht stands for high pressure high temperature 
Yeah, in nature, it takes millions of years. Eh, question that. Uh, uh, for diamonds to form. In a lab, we can grow a one-carat stone in about two weeks. So there you have it. Uh, man, if you're, if you're looking for a gift for Christmas, uh, <laughs> you can uh, get yourself some light box lab-grown diamonds. And since I just logged onto their website to tell you about them, Sarah, their uh, chat GPT computer person just logged on their website saying hi let me know if you have any questions so i'm just saying i don't know if sarah is real or not but lightbox laboratory grown diamonds is on the case and they want my business desperately died today who died today well not bill murray not bill murray i was a little concerned as i was just sitting down to record the show today i looked on what was trending on uh, x and uh it was bill murray was one of the trending names and i thought oh crap anytime a name like that trends that means that he died i was really bummed but it wasn't they were just promoting uh they're they're promoting the new movie the new ghostbusters movie which the trailer looks really good uh that was you know there's being promoted they're all happy that they can promote the strikes over at least they think it is so they're gonna they can promote movies now which is what they said about the marvels movie that they, they weren't able to promote it that's why it didn't uh have a big uh a big bump at the box office uh huh. But anyway, uh, they, uh, I, it's not Bill Murray. He's not dead. So I know that it's about the Garfield movie. He's not Garfield. They wanted him to be Garfield. I think that was part of the argument. Uh, Chris Pratt, I think, is Garfield in the new movie. Uh, and so they're saying that Bill Murray was better, yada, yada. But uh, they're also talking about the new Ghostbusters movie. So he's not dead. So thankfully, uh, that's good. That's good news. I like Bill. But we do have uh, Marianne Trump Berry, Donald Trump's sister, Marianne Trump Berry, dead at the age of 86. She was found in her apartment, her Fifth Avenue apartment, around 4 a.m. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if people normally stop in at 4 a.m. to Marianne's apartment. I'm not sure what the story is there, but that's when she was found. There were no signs of trauma or foul play so it couldn't have been that because they would have told us right away stop looking at me like that it doesn't say that it just says there were no signs of trauma or foul play so marianne trump buried dead at the age of 86 she had some uh you know she had some things to say about don on some audio conversations that were published by the washington post uh, she said some bad things about uh, our president, or I guess he was the president at the time, but that's, you know, she was secretly recorded. She talked about, uh, and then she t- said some things in her book that uh, that she couldn't really back up with anything other than what she believed about Don, about him taking the SATs or whatever, saying he got into Pennsylvania, University of Penn, because he had somebody else take the exams. Uh, that's SATs or whatever. That's what I believe she said. So, I mean, obviously, uh, Don and the family, have said her account is absurd. So Donald C, let's see, he's got, uh, he's got, uh, I think, is he the last one now? Cause, uh, his youngest brother died in 2020 at 71 years of old. His other brother, Fred Trump died of a heart attack in 1981 at age 42 Right, and then he's got uh, this sister, Mary Trump, 
or uh, right, the niece. No, okay, so Mary Trump is the niece that was uh, recording and hates Donald, and this sister, Marianne Trump Barry, is also the aunt of Mary who was saying bad things. Anyway, the whole thing is convoluted, but I think Donna that makes him the last one, right? Oh, maybe there's Elizabeth. Elizabeth is another sister. I think she's still alive. Don't mean to put you in the grave yet, Elizabeth. Sorry. <laughs> so don't worry about that. Never mind. He's not the last one. Getting pretty close, though. And then we have Tim Scott. No, he did not pass away, but he did suspend his presidential campaign. He announced his televised, he announced his uh, suspension of his presidential campaign uh, in a televised interview on Fox News with his uh, buddy Trey Gowdy. And apparently the staff was like, wait, what? Did he just say we're... We're postponing our, our we're, we're suspending our presidential campaign. Did he just say we're out of a job? Yes, he did. Uh, and he said it on Fox News with Trey Gowdy. So uh, Tim Scott has decided that uh, his presidential campaign needs to uh, take a pause. And by that, I mean suspend his campaign because that's got to be, that's a financial thing. Uh, you don't ever make it go away. You just suspend it. So that presidential money that you have raised uh, sits there in a nice little fund. And I don't know who gets it. But uh, I'm sure it's not going to be me. Speaking of a nice little fund, I see where Texas A&M fired head coach of their football team, Jimbo Fisher. Uh, just incredible they fired him after this weekend. He won big this weekend. Apparently, he the his firing was in the works after last week's game. And they didn't want to fire him to, you know right before this week's game. So they waited until after this week's game and fired him on Sunday. That was nice of them to, you know, think of that. Like, it really matters. I mean, he just signed a new deal in 2021. $95 million guaranteed. $95 million 10-year deal guaranteed. So the school uh, will pay, I think it's $76 million to buy out his deal. Uh, okay, no problem. They owe him $19.2 million within 60 days, and then they have to pay him $7.2 million annually through 2031. Wow. So, I mean, he doesn't even have to do anything. Uh, and, and even if he does, right? I think the way this contract is worded, and I, I have not read it, I have not seen it reported anywhere, I just know that it, oh, they said from the very beginning that it was a guaranteed contract. So if he goes out and gets another gig, uh, sometimes in the NFL and uh, in some of the contracts that the college coaches have, that if they go out and get another gig, then some of that money that they're owed goes away and gets absorbed by the other school. right? But uh, the way I read this is that no matter what, he gets $7.2 million until 2020, until 2031, no matter what he does. I mean, he can just sit there and play golf and smoke cigarettes and uh, say, yeah, I used to I coach for Texas A&M and get uh, you know, $7.2 million a year for the next six or seven years, plus the $19.2 million right now, plus whatever he'd been paid uh, prior to that. Just incredible. And uh, Texas A&M has decided that... Uh, his uh, his deal was not what they wanted to move forward. Wow. 
I mean, they just won. They won big against Mississippi State this weekend. Incredible. They were 6-4, and 4-3 four, four and three in the SEC. Uh, I mean, this school, obviously, I guess, should have been better. Everyone thought they were, it was going to be better, and they and they weren't better than the 6-4, and 4-3 four, four and three in the SEC. But the SEC ain't easy. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, that's a whole deal. I mean, uh, I heard, what's his face, Kirby Smart from Georgia say on McAfee's show on Friday about a coach in, uh, I think it was the Big Ten, but I'm not sure. It might have been the Pac-12. And he said he's welcome to come down here and <laughs> uh, you know join, have a little SEC fun anytime he wants because uh, the same we ain't playing around. So uh, you know, amazing that they that A and M let him go. Who are they going to get? These other coaches are still coaching. It's mid season. Well, I mean, we're coming up on the end of the season, but it's the final part of the season, the final quarter of the season. Teams are working hard to get where they need to be. Uh, and these any coaches that Texas A and M wants or are good enough uh they're busy coaching right i mean kirby smart and george is not going anywhere harbaugh maybe maybe he they run him off in michigan are they going to take harbaugh down at texas a&m they might that actually might happen uh if michigan if they if michigan keeps up the fight um against the big 10 and uh the ncaa texas a&m may say come on down to the sec jim harbaugh we got some money for you and they'll leave you alone down here they won't mess with you that might actually happen that might be what they're doing uh then you have ohio state uh day's not going anywhere florida state he's not Noel's not going anywhere uh washington oregon those guys aren't going anywhere they're they've got monsters created there Texas is ain't going anywhere. Uh, Saban and Alabama's not going anywhere. I don't know who coaches Louisville. They're number nine in the country uh, in the AP. I'm not sure who the head coach of Louisville is. Oh, uh, Jeffrey Scott Brome. I'm not sure. I, I don't even I mean he's a Louisville Cardinal coach. He's got them playing great. I just see while well, I'm looking up to uh, the head coach of uh, Louisville, I see where Zach Arnett fired as the Mississippi State head coach. He's the one that got his ass kicked by Texas A&M, who just fired Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> Everybody's getting fired, and the season isn't even over yet. They're just saying to the assistant coaches, yeah, you're going to be the interim head coach. Go ahead. It's your program. We don't like it. Wow. Okay. All right. No problem. And he doesn't have uh, Jimbo Fisher contract money because he became the head coach after Mike Leach died down there at Mississippi State. And so apparently he was only getting paid $3 million a year. I know that sounds like, a, you know, that's a lot of money, but not in the SEC. We, I just told you what Jimbo's getting. So he was getting $3 million annually, the lowest in the SEC, plus performance bonuses, which he definitely didn't reach. It also included a buyout favorable to the school, paying just 50% of the remaining amount. So he signed a four-year deal last year so he had what maybe two or three years left at three million dollars a year so if he had three years left he was owed nine million and they only have to pay him what four and a half million so still i mean he makes a little bit of money as they're kicking him out the door but they're kicking him out the door so they're going to be looking for a coach already who's going to coach these teams (laughs) i don't know uh you know is um, i is drinkwitz from Missouri going to go somewhere else after he's got Missouri number 11th in the country in the AP and the coaches poll and hopefully number 10 in the uh, playoff poll. Uh, Missouri looked great, but uh, I would be happy if Drinkowitz took another gig, but they're not going to let him go. Not after this year. No, not after this year in Missouri. No way. 
So I don't know who they're going to get coaching, man. I would not be surprised. This, this, you can quote me on this. I would not be surprised to see Jim Harbaugh be recruited and paid big, big guaranteed money to come down to Texas A&M. That would be huge for Texas A&M and Harbaugh. And not good uh, for Missouri. Uh, not good for a few other SEC teams either. But it would be really good for the game of football. You know, unless you're a University of Michigan fan, then it wouldn't be good at all. All right, so there's a new study from Pew Research Center, and that discovered that 72% of people said the longstanding practice of tipping is now expected in more places than five years ago. I think we all know that, which appears to be sowing confusion among Americans. Uh, Even as Americans say they're being asked to tip more often, relatively few have a great deal of confidence about when and how to do so. Huh. So about a third say it's extremely or very easy to know whether or how much to tip for different types of services. Okay, before I go on, um, well, I would just say that uh, when, when you're out at a restaurant, it's always got to be 20% now, right? Uh, fit between 15 and 20%. Unless the service is really bad. And then you you know, you know drop it down to maybe 10% or maybe no... T- I mean, it's very difficult. You can't walk out of a restaurant not tipping, can you? 21% say tipping is more of a choice, while 29% say it's more of an obligation. I feel like it's more of an obligation. Um, the situations uh, when people add a gratuity offer insight into new tipping landscape. Yeah, okay. Uh, dining at sit-down restaurants, 92%, a majority said they would tip 15% or less for an average sit-down meal. Uh, and that's my belief that it's 15% or more, uh, not uh, less, but okay. Uh, getting a haircut, yeah, they always expect a big tip. Uh, have those bastards, those hairstylists, having food delivered, yeah, and we just were told that uh, the Uber was it Uber or Grubhub said that uh, they see uh, that uh, whether you've tipped or not, so maybe a while if you didn't leave a tip. Uh, using a taxi or rideshare service, sixty-one percent, yeah. Buying coffee, see. I question that. No, I'm there to get coffee. I'm not going to leave a tip. Uh, Eating at a fast casual restaurant, 12%. Now, we talked a little bit about the computer ordering system in the past where it comes up on the tipping screen and it gives you 10, 20, or 30% or other. You can do your own amount, right? And they also, I will say, the new computer screens, and I don't know that they all have this, but the new computer screens that I've seen uh, have also uh, just leave the change as the tip, right? So if something is, you know, ten fifty, you could make the bill eleven dollars, and you would leave fifty cents as a tip. I like doing that. Actually, I like doing that because I believe that the computer shows up that you left a tip. I don't think it tells them how much you left because it goes into a pile, right? But it does say that you left a tip. So they give you, you get to better service. That's just my belief. Even if it shows that, uh, even if it shows what small amount it was, at least you attempted to leave a tip, right? And the computer says you left a, you know, you did, you, you, you paid a tip. It's like, it's 898 you know, leave the change. Yeah, I'll give you two cents. Just bring me my food. <laughs> but I just, sometimes it just seems like we're getting to the extreme on tipping. I know, I know. But I do feel like when they ask you before you get your order, 
where you're paying for it before you get your food. Because then I want to leave, I want to give you the change so that you see that I tried to at least tip you a little bit so that you're at least, you know, going out of your way a little bit to serve me rather than no tip at all. You know, <laughs> it's just, I know it's a weird thing. Uh, tipflation is uh, something that's really out of control. And it's just because we're doing so much on a computer screen now. Now, personally, I don't know how I feel about the sharing of tips. You know, I was looking at here, a uh, broad majority of Americans, 72%, say the fairest way would be for each server to keep all of the money they receive in tips. Far fewer say the fairest would be for tips to be pooled together and then shared among the entire staff or among all servers. It's not uncommon for restaurants to require servers who by nature of their jobs collect the most tips to share tips with bartenders, food runners, table bussers, hosts, and other workers such as tip pool or tipping out. Arrangements are extensively regulated by the state or federal law. We don't need that. Stay the hell away from it, government. Thank you. Uh, certain workers may or may not be eligible to participate, depending on how they're paid. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of feel like maybe the servers should take it upon themselves to tip the other food runners and table bussers and, and hosts like that. I don't think it should be mandated. But if it goes into a pile... Like, I think that's when you use a card and you tip from your card. That money probably goes into a pile at most restaurants. So if you have a server that you really want to just, you know, you thought they did an exceptional job and you want to give them a tip, then I would give them cash. <laughs> cash. Cash. I, I kid. I kid because I can. Because uh, uh, who carries cash anymore? No one or very few people. Really, really, really weird. So if you're going to go out to dinner, maybe you make sure that you have a, you know, a couple of bills in your pocket so that you could actually tip the server cash if need be. But that might be just a silly thought. Oh, I should have put this in who died today. Uh, Megan Rapino. Uh, she's done. Have a nice day. It's over. Uh, she is done with her U.S. soccer playing. Uh, she is a U.S. soccer legend, is she? Uh, with her final professional career over. Now, she helped the U.S. win two World Cup trophies and a gold and bronze Olympic medal, so okay. And she got hurt three minutes into the final match of her professional career. Now, she believes that uh, there's no God because she got hurt. <laughs> She's super proud of her whole career. And she says there's no way God could possibly exist because she got hurt while playing soccer in the last game of her career. <laughs> uh, she believed that God doesn't exist because she got hurt in the last uh, game of her career. So she could not even fathom the idea that perhaps God is sending her another message, but that's not what she, what she said. So, all right. I saw a post uh, over the weekend that uh, mentioned how politics works. And, you know, I think it's pretty much true. So I'm going to read this post to you and this is how politics works. Okay. I told my son, you will marry the girl I choose. He said, no, I told him she is Bill Gates daughter. He said, okay. I called Bill Gates and said, I want your daughter to marry my son. Bill Gates said, no. I told Bill Gates, my son is the CEO of World Bank. Bill Gates said, okay. I called the president of World Bank and asked him to make my son the CEO. 
He said, no. I told him, my son is Bill Gates' son-in-law. He said, okay. This is how politics work. (laughs) That, my friends, is almost 100% true. Good luck making it work out for you, but it certainly works out for some, doesn't it? Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.